0: estan? How are you? Here we are, another week. And I cannot believe it is April. And it is gonna snow. We're expected to get snow this week. Absolutely insane. I don't believe it. I'm gonna pretend like it never happened. I have a really, really good story for y'all today. I actually accidentally... You know, some of my best stories are accidentally found. Yes, believe it or not. (laughs) So today I have a story. Well, before I get into my story, I just want to say thank you to those of you that listen every week. I see you. Um, I appreciate it so much. So, so much. Again, this is not something I want to make a career of. This is just for fun. I love having these conversations with people, I love bringing these topics up, and why not share it with those of you who actually enjoy it too? (laughs) Yeah, so that's why I started this whole podcast, and um, I don't know, like it's just something I like to do. It's a hobby, right? It's a hobby. So today, we're going to travel down, because it's really cold up here, we're going to travel down south to Mexico. Yes, and this is the story of Las Boquianchis. Oh yeah, have you ever heard of the four sisters nicknamed Las Boquianchis? Oh my lord. Before this week, I did not know who these sisters were. And I can't believe I didn't know who these sisters were. They are four sisters from Mexico. And this is a notorious story. This is a huge story, especially around where my dad is from. Not where he's from, but like the state he's from. So, Guanajuato. Crazy. So, let's get creepy, y'all. Alright, so this story seems too crazy to be true. But I reassure you, it is reality. The Pocuianchis were known for being the most feared serial killers in history. Their reign of terror went from 1945 to 1964. The number of victims they murdered was 91, y'all. But it was thought to have been closer to around 150. So the sisters originated in Jalisco, Mexico. There was Carmen, Delfina, I don't know what that name makes me laugh because doesn't that mean dolphin or pretty darn close? Okay. Maria de Jesus y Luisa. Their last name was Gonzalez Valenzuela. They came from a very dysfunctional family. Their mother was a very selfless Catholic devotee who lived by the book. She instilled fear in her daughters and what was almost like a cult like worship to their religion their father was a sheriff who was a sexist pig who abused his power to abuse his daughters both physically and mentally and by mentally I mean he would take his young daughters to go watch whenever they would execute a prisoner at the town jail yep he would make them watch so eventually the daughters grow up They become teenagers, young teens. And one day, the father catches the oldest sister, Carmen, having an affair with an older man. Now, of course, this made daddy furious. And what does he do? Remember, he's the sheriff. He locks up his daughter in a jail cell in the town jail. Pretty much like to teach her a lesson, right? But on the same day, the father was sent to look for a criminal that well, that he ended up killing. So he goes into hiding because I guess he wasn't supposed to kill this person. He was just supposed to find them. So he goes into hiding. Because he goes into hiding, he forgets that Garmin is sitting in a jail cell. So she remains locked up for 14 months for having an affair with an old man. So one day, another old man... Comes along and he frees her. And so to thank him, she marries him. Okay. All right, Carmen. So in the 1930s, Carmen and her old man husband decided to open a cantina, a bar. However, it was not good enough profit to keep up with their spending. The husband had very expensive taste, I guess, and was spending more. Well, I guess he was spending faster than they were making. So Delfina, the second oldest, convinces Carmen to start another business. And that business was a brothel. And if you don't know what a brothel is, a brothel is a place where you can go and pay for sex. So they're going to open a brothel. They think it'll bring in more income and they're not wrong. Now, it is said in order to get the permits they needed to open these bars and brothels. Well, mostly the bars. You don't need a permit for a brothel because it's illegal, but for the bars because they did have bars and brothels. It's rumored that they would offer free sexual services in return to corrupt officers to get these permits that they needed. Alrighty then. So, Delfina opens a brothel in her hometown but it's designed to look like a normal cantina. So nobody can tell, right? So because it was not in a major city, there were far less police and law enforcement to catch on to what was happening. Now, it's said that she had a crew that would abduct girls and promote the new business. They would pretty much just go into big cities or towns and look for teen girls, ages 12 to 15, And they would tell everybody about the new business. So they would tell these young girls that they would be hired as servants. And they would take these girls from farms, from the streets, from people, kidnap them. Whatever they needed to do to get the right girls. So they would offer them the position of being a servant. But that wasn't the case. Once the girls were brought to the brothels, they would be raped by the kidnappers. uh, Locked up in like little... Cells. They would be stripped, raped a few more times, and then bathed in cold water. They would start work as servers in the cantinas and quickly they would be forced into prostitution at the brothel. To Delfina's surprise, most of the clientele that were coming into these brothels were police, military men, and even high-ranking politicians. Which, now that we know about sex trafficking and how huge it is, that's not a surprise to me. Um, it was successful, but in 1948, authorities noticed that the cantina was running an illegal business. Uh, you think? <laughs> so Delfina moved her workers, right, workers, and staff to San Juan de los Lagos. This is when her other sisters join in on the business. Now it's a family business. Maria was in charge of making sure they got their payments from customers and Luisa was in charge of the kitchen and cantina staff, so more of like the restaurant bar stuff. Now, Carmen was in charge of making clothes for the prostitutes and keeping record of anything they would lend the girls because they would make them pay, pay back whatever it is that they took or needed or used. She kept tabs on that shit. Now, the women kept captive were not allowed to leave once they were there. If any of them became pregnant, they were made to have abortions and or their babies were killed after birth. Anyone who tried to escape or rebel in any way was tortured and killed. When the girls reached the age of 25, they would send them to a rancho where they'd be locked up without food or water. A verdugo which is a man with the job of pretty much torturing, that's his job, he would beat them, sometimes kicking them into a cement wall until they were immobile and were barely alive. But that wasn't the end of their torture. After all the torture they'd endured, they would then be sent to another place to be buried alive or thrown off a tall rooftop literal torture to the very end. So two weeks after getting to San Juan de los Lagos, Delfina had already made enough money to move to Guanajuato, where sex work was legal at the time. So that gives us an idea of how well this brothel business was doing. They got to a new place and immediately made enough money to move and open another place in another state. In Guanajuato, she bought the house of a famous homosexual man nicknamed El Pocuianchis, which is a nickname also given to the sisters. Because Delfina was so successful, she again started abducting dozens of minors to make slaves. But this time, they went even younger. They were now looking for girls ages 12 to 13 because they were easier to convince and manipulate. But some poor families sold their daughters for money. I just... <laughs> Your family selling you for money? I mean, my goodness. Now remember, the girls were raised very religious. I'm talking about the sisters. They were raised to fear God. But abusing young girls apparently was okay. So they would give their slaves rules. So they would tell them that in no way were they allowed to kiss clients on the mouth, touch them, I don't know how they could manage that, but... Or to perform oral sex or homosexual acts with clients either. So they couldn't do any of that. To them, sex was penetration. But everything else was shameful. These awful ladies must have had a horrible sex life. (laughs) The sister named Maria, she would even have holes drilled big enough so that they could watch the girls interacting with the clients to make sure... That the girls followed these rules, and if the girls did not follow the rules, they were tortured. But eventually, it didn't even matter if they followed the rules, because the girls started to get tortured all the time for no reason. I guess what I'm thinking is why? Why would they torture and abuse these girls who are their income? These girls are bringing in their income. I mean, to be abused as much as they, not claimed, I believe it, but to be abused as much as they were, these girls had to have looked awful. I mean, what man wants to come into a brothel, sleep with a child, because yes, these girls are 12 and 13 years old. But then to see them completely beaten and bruised up, I'm sorry, but no thank you. But maybe they were getting these girls left and right and kidnapping girls and it wasn't a problem to use and abuse them as much as they were because another one would come in and fill her position. So that's the only reason I can see that they would torture these girls so much is that they didn't care because more girls were coming in. It wasn't just beatings. They physically tortured these girls. Now, the sisters would hit them with sharp nails. Hot iron metals were used on them, and they would starve the girls. Because of all the torturing, the girls, like I mentioned before, they looked awful. They had scars on their bodies, they had welts on their bodies, giant bruises. And once it got too bad, they were sent off to the Verdugo because they were no longer appealing to the eye. Wow. So definitely probably what I said My prediction of these girls are coming in so fast that they don't give a shit if they're hurting these other girls and just shipping them out. Awful, awful. I'm telling you, this story is insane. So the sisters even managed to convince the other prostitutes to torture one another. And in return, they would be promised that nothing would be done to them. Yeah, right. But also put yourself in that position. And if you see that these girls that are completely looking like crap are being sent away, I mean like survival mode, right? Like you would want them to look worse than you do. So I can see why these girls would beat each other up. Because it was the 1940s, safe sex was not practiced. And besides diseases, sexual diseases, I'm sure these girls had lots of pregnancy scares or issues. Now, as previously stated, most were forced to abort the babies, especially if the girl was good, profit, in other words, pretty. And if someone was pregnant but not appealing, ugly, <laughs> they would just kill the girl. But even worse, sometimes the women were told that they could keep the baby. But in the end, baby and mom would both be killed. Now, there was a rumor that the tabloids created that stated that the Pocuyanchis would perform satanic rituals, killing and sacrificing animals and fetuses, while watching their captive slaves be raped all for money and protection. But given their religious upbringing, I highly doubt this rumor to be true, and just a tabloid story. In the end, the Four Sisters ran several different bars and brothels around Jalisco y Guanajuato. In 1963, a new government in Guanajuato abolished sex work and brothels. So what do they do? They pack up and head back to Jalisco. And only Delfina and María continued the business, hoping that the success of their brothels before would help bring in their old clients. Delfina's son, who was in charge of making sure the girls didn't escape, was murdered during a bar brawl. Delfina wanted revenge, so she grabs the pistola and went to find the guy who shot her her son, but she didn't. However, a lot of people saw her wandering the streets with an illegal weapon, so Maria convinced her to go hide in Guadalajara. So what happens is the police mistake one of Maria's cantinas for the brothel and raid it, and they shut it down. So Maria and 20 of the sex workers were kept at the brothel, hiding out pretty much, due to the cantina being closed. On this particular night, something happens and the power goes out at the brothel. So Maria and the workers have to flee to a house owned by Delfina in San Francisco del Rincón. Maria's workers spent eight months in that house hiding with little to no food. They contracted diseases because of the living conditions. They became frail and skeleton-like because of no food. And the living conditions were so awful that they started dying from the diseases and the lack of nutrients. On January 6, 1964, the sisters had enough. They took the remaining girls and helpers to the ranch where countless others had been tortured and murdered. They locked them all, even the helpers, in cages or cells and warned them not to even try to run away. They were also warned to not make any noise or they would be killed. So six days pass and one brave girl named Carolina Ortega escaped and immediately ran to the authorities. The ranch was raided and searched, and the sisters, along with some of their close pupils, were arrested. Maria and Delfina were taken into state custody, but denied all charges. They weren't speaking a damn word. But it didn't matter, because police found all the evidence they needed at the rancho. Ninety buried women, charred fetuses and remains, and many human bones, around the property. Maria and Delfina were sent to prison for 40 years, which was the max sentence at the time for a crime such as this. Luisa was accused of doing rituals with human blood, and maybe this is where the tabloid comes from, but apparently she never took part in the prostitutions or the killings. I find that hard to believe, and that bitch knew what was going on. Luisa was still sentenced to 40 years. They were all charged with kidnapping, human trafficking, aggravated homicide, and that's it. The eldest sister, Carmen, died from cancer at the time her sisters were convicted. And I hope it was a very painful and torturous death for her. On October seventeenth, 1978, Delfina was accidentally killed when a construction worker let a bucket of cement fall on her head. I am not making this up, people. This really happened. (laughs) Karma got her. (laughs) Luisa ended up spending the remainder of her life in a mental institution. Maria became more religious in prison and was even set free before her sentence ended. She got married rather quickly after... Leaving prison. Mm, mm, mm. The story of Las Pocuyanchis was so famous that plays and even a film from 1978 and books were written. A book called Las Muertas by Jorge Ibarguengoita, forgive me for not saying that correctly, was written, and a series known as Mujeres Assassinas adapted this story into its third season plot. These women were ruthless and had no empathy for these, for these girls. They used these women for profit, yet treated them like scum. Why all of the abuse? only thing I can think of is that possibly, maybe, because they were so religious, even though these girls brought them profit, they hated them for sleeping with these men. Torture was paying for their sins, right? Even though these poor girls had no choice, they were forced into this awful life and then made to pay for it. Absolutely disgusting, these four sisters. The real sad part of this story, though, is this shit is still happening in our world, right under our noses, yet we choose to do nothing about it. Sex trafficking is real, and every day, young girls and boys, too, are taken kidnapped and forced to live a life of sex work. It really happens, people. So please stay safe. And like I always say, trust no bitch. Even that old man asking for help with his groceries. (laughs) Okay, well use your best judgment, okay? Be careful out there. I never forget a few years back, not even four blocks away from my childhood home, A father and a son were found to have had two teen girls held captive and were using them for profit, along with selling drugs, of course. I couldn't believe it, but reality hit me hard with that one. And over towards Indiana, there's a super Walmart where women go missing often from the parking lot. It's the perfect location to kidnap someone because driving out of the parking lot there, you hop right onto the highway And in five minutes, you're long gone. You are gone. Nobody will know where you went. That's why when I'm out shopping, even if I notice a flyer on my windshield, I do not grab it. I get in my car and put on my windshield wipers and hope that that paper flies away or else I drive all the way home with it stuck on my windshield. (laughs) We have to be careful, you guys. We have to pay attention to our surroundings What's happening to the people around us? Lift your head from that cell phone. Believe me, it'll still be there when you get to it later. Ladies and gentlemen, please take care of yourselves. Don't trust anyone. Well, that was an insane story I had never heard of and happened in my dad's state of Guanajuato, like I said. I wonder if my grandma remembers it. It was an awful reign of terror by the Gonzales Valenzuela sisters and I hope they are still suffering in the afterlife. So I have my dad here and he has a really scary, but interesting story of an experience he had in the rancho where he lives. And so I'm gonna let him tell us that story. He's gonna say it in Spanish and I'm gonna do my best to translate. And I have my mom here to help me cause y'all know we are, my Spanish is elementary level. So, uh <laughs> So she's going to help me out uh, by translating. So, Pa? Di hola? hola. <laughs> I have been pa trying to get this man to do eight episodes with me for a very long time. So I'm glad he's finally going to tell his story.
1: Voy a empezar ahorita. Mira. En un viaje que fui para Mexico, Al no digo
0: <laughs> yes, very good. <laughs> Don't tell the name, although I've already told them the name before. <laughs> so on a trip pues, to Mexico.
1: Un día me invitó a ir a buscar miel, que tenía ganas de miel. estaba muy feo donde fuimos, en muchos árboles, pero no donde caminar. So my uncle and my dad went up into the cerro, right? Like the, what's
0: a cerro? A field. No, the cerro is like the hills, the hills out in the... It's like a valley, the hills, the plains, right? Like where people do their farming. So they went out to look for honey. So they were looking for honeybees because my uncle wanted honey. But my dad said the terrain to get to the honey, they had to climb like up through. It was just really bad terrain.
1: Nell la miel porque quería también que le picaran unas siete colmenas porque decía que esto es bueno para la tritis en sus manos. Entonces, hallámosla, subimos para arriba, para cerro para arriba. Llegamos a un árbol donde tenía un, las colmenas tenían su casita y tenían miel. Entonces, él se llevó <laughs> un rebozo que era de su mamá. Y se enredó la cabeza y fue y le metió la mano. Al, oh my God. Y metió la mano a la al agujero ahí en el árbol y sacó un pedazo de miel. La volvió a meter esa otra pedazo y en una cubeta chiquita. Entonces dijo, "Ya me picaron como siete", dice, "Ya con tengo."
0: So my uncle wanted 7 bees to sting him because it was gonna help his hand get the it was it had arthritis mm-hmm. right so mexican superstition <laughs> but my uncle's crazy so he had my grandma's like shawl and he wrapped it around his head and he just went for it he just stuck his hand in the actual honeycomb or the like the hive right the hive, the hive. and he pulled out a chunk of honey and he was told my dad, like, I think seven or eight already stung my hand, right? Okay, go ahead, Dad.
1: And then, cuando ya dijo, vámonos ya con estas tengo. Llevábamos la cobetita media de de miel. Entonces, llegó un señor que nos oyó gritar ahí, y se asomó y dijo, ahora. Amigos, ¿qué están haciendo ahí? Oh, venimos a buscar miel.
0: Wait, did you run? Because I'm sure the bees went crazy.
1: No, yo me escondí.
0: <laughs> so my dad hid, because I said if you were bothering the hive, the bees are going to come out and get you. We all saw yeah. Winnie the Pooh. Prendimos,
1: pre, prendimos un, un little fire hacer smoke.
0: Oh, smoke to keep, okay, okay. En,
1: pero yo estaba muy cerquita y le dije a mi hermano que, que, que como, si se me venían, ¿qué iba a hacer? no.
0: <laughs> so they made a fire to get the smoke to keep the bees away. And my dad asked my uncle, like, well, what do I do, you know, if they come after me? He's like, no, no, just hide behind that rock over there. <laughs> but my uncle actually had honey in a bucket he was going to take, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: And then, when we went up, we heard a man who and said,
0: so a man they knew kind of heard the commotion and went over and was like what's
1: going on? So he was going to
0: show them like a better way to get back to the
1: town. Empezamos a caminar. El empezó a platicar que él no sé qué, qué, qué tiene él porque no must when camina commina con sus vacas I was key siente that alguien lo anda siguiendo.
0: So remember like So like remember like I said in the plains or the valley, whatever it is the people take their animals so this man has cows and he takes them up there but he's telling my dad and my uncle that when he takes the cows up there he gets this feeling like like someone's watching him mm-hmm. so he gets this really bad feeling
1: and then señor dijo vengan ustedes les tengo confianza les voy a decir algo vengan pensañar algo y cuando caminamos un poquito Nos enseñó que él hizo un hoyo allí porque se, se sumió su, su machete y nomás lo puso y se fue muy para abajo, la tierra estaba suelta, luz. Entonces dijo, vengan, les voy a enseñar lo que hay Entonces cuando, cuando le empezó a limpiar allí, nos enseñó la, la calavera de un esqueleto, de un muerto.
0: So this man is telling my dad and my uncle, which is creepy vibes. Yes. (laughs) He's like, I have, I trust you guys, and I want to show you something I found. So he takes him to this area where he said he was moving around his machete in the dirt, and the soil was kind of loose, and his machete went in. So he started digging there, and he found a skull of a skeleton. And
1: then, nos enseñó, tenía una piedra en forma de una almohada, y ahí estaba la skull, que allí. So and it me was a rock. a rock.
0: So it was a rock like a pillow shape and the skull was on top of it.
1: Estaba, para para por no, pues no porque no sabíamos qué enseñar. <laughs> So he was going <laughs> to show them the
0: road, right? The
1: road to take. Yeah. Okay. Y then
0: cuando
1: como a los cinco minutos que caminamos de ahí del primero entonces nos enseñó otro hoyo y dijo miren aquí estaba escarbando porque la tierra está muy suelta y, y lo que hay es pedazos de platos de antes como que alguien estaba ahí dice pero Cuando vengo aquí yo siento que alguien se mueve, a veces ruido ahí en el zacate, en los árboles. Dice, "Yo fui a mirar una una señora de las que adivinan."
0: Okay, wait. So, he takes you guys like a 5-minute walk away from where they found the skull. Uh-huh. And then he sees they see another hole and he said that he was digging there too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he found a lot of old uh plates and like uh what do you call that? Like Cult, the cutlery yes. plates, bowls stuff like
1: Como that de, de,
0: <coughs> <coughs> but it's made of clay yeah, right clay, yeah. so that's how my dad knew that it was old so it was like pottery clay bowls and plates
1: and then this que, que siempre que pasa allí o hay ruido también y que él fue a ver una una señora de esas que dicen que adivinan
0: like a witch mm mm-hmm. <laughs> like a witch, oh, yeah. so he went to go see a witch because he gets this strong feeling when he's around that area. Like he says, he hears things moving in the grass, and so he goes to see this lady. I guess you would call them a divin divin. What's the word? Like they're into divination. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But to me, it's a, a bruja. Oh. <laughs> so he goes to see then, this lady.
1: Que le dijo que que allí había unos que había unos que habían enterrado allí pero que no dijera nada porque el gobierno le iba a empezar a, a hacer plática a él y a investigar y mejor no dijo nada.
0: La bruja dijo eso. Uh-huh. So the witch is saying, okay.
1: Y dijo pero ustedes les voy a decir porque ustedes yo sé que ustedes están en confianza. Dije una vez le dije a un maestro, un maestro de la escuela,
0: uh-huh.
1: dijo y ese maestro lo que quería venir era no escarbar porque para ver si allá dinero y todavía este no más, dice.
0: So the man told my dad and uncle that he trusted to show them this because he felt they were good people because he shared this information with the teacher one time. And the teacher got greedy and thought, well, maybe there's money buried out here, so he started digging. And what happened? The man said was that a bunch of ants started crawling all over him. So did he leave?
1: So then he left. And then the señor se pone pega.
0: So the man can dig, but no ants get nada. No, okay. No
1: dice pero no sabe ya hizo hoyo muy grande, y no sabe para seguir por
0: was the hole big? So he said he kept digging but he feels like he's digging both ways in the hole and he's not finding anything but he also hasn't told them what he found.
1: And después mi hermano se le vino una idea. He dijo, oh, dijo, dijo, mira, si te dijeron que aquí la, la había enterrando una señora que se llama Trini, que el nombre de ella era Trini.
0: ¿Y quién le dijo eso? La bruja. So the witch is actually giving the skeleton the a name, Trini.
1: Trini era una lady.
0: Okay, so a lady's buried there.
1: Entonces, <coughs> dice, entonces, mi hermano dijo, oh, dijo,
0: oh, dijo entonces, dijo, déjenme
1: tomarles un, un video ahí, dijo, y si hay un espíritu ahí va a salir el, el dijo, la ahí va a salir la ley, la dice, y, y el señor dijo, pues es lo que yo quiero, que me diga algo, que una señal para hacer, que quiere, que haga, que le, si quiere que yo la ayude, o, o que haga algo por ella, dice, yo pues no le tengo miedo, pero, pues yo quiero pues que me diga algo, eh.
0: So, my dad is saying that my uncle's got this great idea that he wants to take a picture or a video so that he can see if the spirit will show up in the picture. Uh-huh. And yes. the man is like, Yeah, that's what I want. I want to see some type of signal to know that Trini is real.
1: Hermano dijo, No, dijo. Dijo yo en mi casa también me un espíritu que era de un niño la luz, empezaba ese niñito a correr de un cuarto a otro. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> that was in in over there in the States? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, my uncle said that where he lives, they in their house, when they would turn the lights off, y they would hear little feet running through the rooms, through the bedrooms. Y
1: corría para los chiquillos de él.
0: Oh, so he, the spirit would run towards the sí, kid's
1: porque room. que era un niño. Dice, mi hermano dijo que en un cumpleaños de uno de sus hijos estaban on, cantándole pastel my uncle
0: did he show you the picture <laughs> no, uh, my uncle said that they were having a birthday party and they were singing happy birthday and the kids were all around the, the birthday boy yeah. singing and that in the picture, a whole nother little kid was there, but nobody knew who
1: it was. Oh más. my
0: God! <laughs> yes. So ju- that's why he wants to take a picture. Yes,
1: Juan, the that the señor okay. déjame, sacales, pónganse ahí si les voy a sacar una foto, un video lo que sea, dice y yo le voy a gritar a Trini, a ver si aparece. Que decía Trini, si estás por allá. Más no a señalarlo, déjate ver Trini, déjate ver, y ni eso que que andaba sacando el foto.
0: Estabas en el foto.
1: Yo yo y el señor. Señora, you and the man. Okay. Y él y este, mi es tío, decía, Trini, déjate ver si estás por ahí, déjate ver, te voy a sacar un foto. ¿Anden cuando sacó fo- antes de que sacara el foto o al tiempo que él sacó el foto? like a chill. A chill. Entonces,
0: so wait, my uncle's trying to take a picture. My dad and the man are standing on the hole or in the hole?
1: En la orilla hole.
0: So like the right hall. next to the uh-huh. hole. Mm-hmm. And my uncle, who is not afraid of ghosts, he, he yeah. is pretty brave. Yes. So he's pretty much taunting her. Like, "Come on, Trini. We want to see you come out. Come on." He's taking like a bunch of pictures. And my dad said that he felt this chill start from his from the ground up his feet, up his legs, up his body, all the way out his head.
1: And para señor.
0: said it made him jump and he hugged the man. <laughs> and then, uh,
1: and, then uh, and then el señor me me dijo ¿Qué, qué te pasó So the man yeah.
0: knew exactly what happened because he said it also happened to
1: him too. Dijo ya
0: So he told my dad that exactly where he's standing, he found two more bodies. Where were they?
1: (gasps) So
0: he moved the skeletons and reburied them. Oh, Uh now that's why there's so much, uh, so much happening there. Because he moved their resting place. So he's looking for something. But did he tell you what he's looking for?
1: No, he just wanted to know. Sí, había What's como the, cosas uh,
0: like artifacts, antiques, artifacts, ya. Yeah. Sí,
1: sí. Cosas viejas pues, así que de antes que estaban. So
0: y he dice was just looking for like these artifacts, yeah. Un
1: montón de platos quebrados pues, <laughs> esto que yo. Dijo y, y que él quería que un día vayan nosotros para para seguir excavando para Lulaus, que a lo mejor hay más cadáveres por ahí, más
0: so he wants you and my tío to help him. Yeah. Oh no,
1: no. Y my tío, tu tío dijo que él pa otra vez que vaya a llevar un detector de metales.
0: A metal detector. My uncle's gonna take a metal detector to find. Them. So he's greedy. He's <laughs> looking for treasure.
1: Yeah. No, pues no más pa, o sea, hay metal, para para ver qué hay allá. Y tenemos pendientes Yes. 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 Y después después que my ya mom. iban después que llegamos a la casa de Mireto, tío video que Oh, so my <laughs> uncle was laughing at the sí, video he took. Sí. And <laughs> my they dad
0: did. was like, "What's wrong?" <laughs>
1: y cuando me lo enseñó, ahí se ve cuando a mí me entró esa chills. Que yo me las manos así.
0: so in the video you could see when my dad feels that chill because he starts shaking his hands <laughs> so my uncle was laughing
1: cuando cuando brinqué con tal señor
0: pues me dio paz oh wow but you didn't feel anything after sip you didn't your body
1: pues yo no más sentí eso que se me subió y ya después que brinqué para allá ya después it went away pues ya me calmé un poquito
0: ya Wow. But you didn't feel anything? So he says he didn't feel anything <coughs> after that?
1: No. But if Trini appeared, yeah, if he that was <laughs> she went she right looked. up to your body. No. See, but
0: when you told me this story, I right away, didn't I say, I don't trust that man? Mm-hmm. Because from what I know and all the research I do, killers love to sh- show you what they did. So, but but you're saying que los platos they they're like old. So maybe it's true. Maybe these are old, but especially if they're just in the ground, sin caja, sin, yeah. sin coffin. No, so they que, have to be really old.
1: Yeah, tiene que ser muchos años porque antes los enterraban y pensaban que ellos iban a necesitar ya sus platitos, sus cazuelas, su. Platito, su, cazuela, su
0: Like back in the ancient times. Yeah, they would bury them with their stuff for the afterlife,
1: you know. But
0: everybody knows if you're moving bodies, you're disturbing them and they're going to come back. And that's why he feels all those chills and feelings when he's out there because he disturbed the peace.
1: Yeah, they're, they're
0: not at peace
1: anymore. And
0: they don't say anything? And so my dad came home and he tells us this story and we're all like, Oh my God, this story is so great. Like, I'm like, Dad, you probably found like the burial ground of a serial killer. (laughs) And then my dad, you know, he's unpacking the next day. And what does he bring out, Mom?
1: Pieces of plates.
0: He brought yeah. pieces of the plates. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Of <The> pottery. <laughs> of the old antique pottery. He brought pieces of the antique pottery that he found in the hole. And my mom was so mad. <laughs> she was like, See, Brianna, if you bring anything into this house, we have, <laughs> we have it.
1: We have it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what about Theo's hand? Did you feel better? Does the honey really work? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> the bee
1: stings? <laughs> you share one,
0: one of your many stories that
1: you have.
0: Yeah, tell down
1: one. It's a short one. Yeah. Esa es de dos dos señores, dos compadres que jugaron. <laughs> That's my favorite story. Okay. Es que es compadres siempre. Desde crecieron, uno de ellos siempre eran pues amigos desde chiquitos. Oh, dos buenos amigos que eran. Two old friends of yours. Okay. Desde chicos ellos se conocían hasta grandes, se casaron y todo. Entonces este había un carro nada más que iba del del rancho para el pueblo. Cuando se acababa el cine a las nueve venia se, venía, se todos el que, que no se, el que no podia tacos ahi se quedaba so yeah. nine o'clock was the last ride, mm-hmm, the
0: ride. Back. Entonces,
1: okay. había sus dos amigos <coughs> ya estaban casados pero a ellos les gustaba tomar
0: so like to tiempo drink. tomaban
1: entonces ellos después del cine hubo un día que se metieron a la cantina y el carro los dejó So
0: after the movie they decided to stay I thought they were driving the bus no no no. they just went to the movies and the bus leaves at 9 that's the last bus and it's like a 40 minute drive right yeah maybe
1: 30 35 minutes and so
0: they like to drink so they go into a bar and somebody tells them like, "Hey, the bus left," and they're just like, "Ah, eh, it's alright, it's alright."
1: Al rato nos vamos y se empezaron a seguir tomando y y que ya cuando se querían ir miraban pues muy oscuro.
0: Yeah, 'cause it gets dark. Dark. <laughs> so Entonces, it was dark. It was dark.
1: Uno de ellos que le dijo al otro dijo, "No, dijo, ni nada. Esperamos otro rato, no tarde salir la luna."
0: They were gonna wait for the moon to come out. Okay, that's smart.
1: Se quedaron siguiendo tomando y ya andaban casi poquito más. Taxi, las cantinas las cerraron a las 10, era a las 9:30, ya tenían que les dijeron pues que se tenían que salir ya. Sí. Y se fueron pues. pues entonces, al salir del pueblo y yéndose para el rancho, había un panteón, pues es donde entierran los muertos, pues. Un cementerio.
0: So they're walking back to to
1: the rancho, to the rancho. And comer. it's dark, yeah. and I'm
0: telling you these roads are not easy. And there's a cemetery you have to walk past.
1: Tengo que pasar por orilla. Entonces ya como un nuevo borracho que empezó pues ya a platicar más resi, hablando resi ya y el otro le dice, cálmate porque mira vamos a pasar aquí por un tanos muertitos, porque no los molestes.
0: So he was being loud. Mm-hmm. They were both drunk. Yeah. So they're both drunk, sí, and que... the one guy tells the other one, like, calm down, be quiet, because we're going to pass the dead right uh-huh. now. It's disrespectful, right? Mexicanos are very respectful oh,
1: no, of the dead.
0: So he's talking it up. Sí. So he says, I'm not scared. He's not I'm afraid not of anything, not even Ay. the devil.
1: Yeah. And then when they passed Panteon, the panteon, five minutes passed. Un on the street. En la del <coughs>
0: <coughs> so they're hearing like a baby the cry side of the road.
1: on the side of the road. Okay. Dijo, a la mejor alguna señora que So y this que, is
0: ten o'clock at night.
1: Yeah, como 10 o'clock ya.
0: So they think maybe like a lady has to go to the bathroom, so she put the baby down on
1: the <laughs> side of the <clears> road. <throat> no, no, no,
0: si que, bueno, oh, so like
1: maybe uh, somebody gave up the baby. Les les... Les deciden, they así, es que no left it
0: there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm <like> <laughs> <they laughs> <they and they laughs>
1: y dice que fue un juez se asomó y que dijo ay dijo es un niño y que empezó a gritar quién anda por aquí no está el papá o la mamá y nadie dice, so it
0: was a baby boy, a boy. ah
1: ya un chiquito, como de meses, <coughs>
0: como de unos, so a few months old maybe ya,
1: como unos dos meses, o,
0: yeah
1: sí, que como dos meses y que dijeron ¿Y qué hacemos con él dice no pues vamos a llevarnos y mañana le hablamos al Al, que es el delegado so they're gonna take the baby home
0: uh-huh. and in the morning
1: a ya todo para okay. they to to take it back okay to the police
0: okay
1: y dice que sí el que so the the one
0: that was saying he wasn't afraid he grabbed the baby okay
1: y y lo sacó acá camino, y caminando Y entonces que, que el otro dijo, que, ¿cómo estaba el baby? Que tan grande, dijo, mmm, está bien chiquitito, y dijo que tiene como dos meses. Y estaba envuelto oh, así. Y que dijo, ¿me lo enseñas? Dijo, míralo. Dijo, mmm, pues sí está bien chiquito. Y que el, el, el baby respondió, chiquito pero con dientitos, dijo, ¡ay! <risa> ¡Que la vientan a correr! <risa>
0: So so they're walking holding this baby, right? <laughs> and the other guy's like, you know, how was the baby? Like he's oh, he is he big? Is he and he said, No, he's little, like maybe two, three months. Y and, then, dijo, oh, vera, and he looked at him and he's like, Oh yeah, look, he's really small and then the baby <laughs> The baby spoke and said, Yeah, little but with Little teeth and then he he big growled teeth. with big teeth, right? And he growled and showed his sharp teeth. Yeah. And, and so what the did baby. they do? They threw the baby. <laughs> they threw <laughs> the and baby. They and they ran, ran away. <laughs> As Vani would say, they yeeted that baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh
0: my and they ran all the way to the oh yeah, they ran all the way home. <laughs> What a story! Huh? I love that story. <laughs> 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 well, thanks, Dad, for finally coming on and telling us your stories. <laughs> he has many more. So. <laughs> that No,
1: now go we'll away. save that
0: one for another day. <laughs> All right. Algo más que quieres decir? Yeah, no, no, You grew up in Mexico when you were little.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pero...
0: Did you see some things when you were little?
1: Because no it was dark, dark right? Yeah, so I mean, dark.
0: just walking in the dark, it's creepy. Cause your dad, when he was little, there was no electricity. Right. Little by little, they started bringing <coughs> stuff. In así
1: like que that. yo mirab- yo nomás una vez miré un señor así con su gorrito yo ni siquiera sabía que esos que habías existían esos gorritos es como... el sombrero yeah. no no pero eres de es, esos como que oh. tenía gran pala oh a
0: fedora. fedora oh but a lot of people see that mm-hmm. I see that that's the man I saw in the basement
1: porque uh, si yo digo pues ya ya quién lo sabes fedoras yeah right? yo yeah estaba,
0: why uh, would you see that out there nobody wore fedoras in Mexico no? <laughs> yo it's estaba
1: a, yo estaba ahí en la casita de mamá maría La luna, ¿eh? estaba la luna es la luna the llena, light
0: was está... your, the moon was the light for uh-huh. everybody yeah
1: entonces, entraba allí como la casita no tapada de, de un lado entraba así. pero estaba un árbol entonces miraba la sombra del árbol se con el aire so the
0: así. tree shadow would come in your room Yeah, the, the shadow and
1: then en, en la pader que voy viendo de aquí para río, a man. So man. he was blocking the door. No blocking, pero ahí en un lado. By the door. you yeah. You're just a kid. Yeah. Aww.
0: Well, gracias to to share those stories with us. I'm sure everybody will enjoy. Those. So thanks to my Dingo for sharing those stories with us. I have been wanting him to tell us some of his stories that he has because he has so many, and those are just a few. Um, I hope you guys really enjoyed those. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and don't forget you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook groups. Don't be creepy, <laughs> but um, yeah. Don't forget if you have a story, like my dad, or a story of any kind, or something you want me to research and talk about, you can always email me at creepychismet4u, that's the number 4-Y-O-U, at gmail.com. Come on guys, fill my inbox up. I know you all have some creepy stories to share. And also, if you'd like to join me for an episode, make sure to email me or message me on social media and we can set something up. Tune in next week for some more creepy chisme. Y gracias por escuchar, y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thank you for listening, and don't forget, stay creepy!